Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What a way to kick off episode four of the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. We are SGP, and we are the savior, or the intellectual savior of the Pinoy masses, at least when it comes we to local wrestling. We got the whole world in our hands. We cannot get enough of that song, and it's amazing how Bray Wyatt and the WWE have used such a children's hymn. Hell, it's a gospel song. It's a gospel song uh, that, that's been turned into a wrestling a wrestling song that millions and millions of fans all over the world have come to enjoy, just like me and Pepe over here, and me and Ro over here. By the way, I'm Ro. And I'm Stan, and we are your hosts here uh, at the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. We are back um, this week. Uh, Stan, if you don't know, Stan has been abroad. I, I have been away, which explains the, uh, the earlier episodes where we haven't been as current as we, as we can be. But now, now we're back. We're about a day removed. From the latest episode of Monday Night Raw, and a lot has happened since we were last in the booth. Yeah, we um for I think we're gonna break kayfabe now and say that the last time we recorded the podcast that was actually before last week's Raw, so we are actually two Raws behind. So we have a lot of catch up on tonight. So let's get it on. Let's get shall it on we? with uh, with the Intercontinental Championship Number One Contender Tournament. Ah oh, yes, um the you know what uh, um, the first. Time I heard actually the first time we all heard of the Intercontinental Championship tournament was um, when a few moments, an hour before last week's Raw. It was it was the biggest. It was you know um, the it, WWE.com came out with the sudden news about how they were holding this tournament for to determine a new number one contender for the white belt. It was because and as and I quote their current number one contender Christian. Was injured. First of all, did you know that Christian was the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship? Yeah, I did know that he was the number one contender. He when did this win. happen? He won a triple threat match on SmackDown. When? He, uh, that was like right before WrestleMania. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not pulling your leg. I do remember Christian actually winning, and that's because I am one of his peeps. Well, I am a peep too, but I did not know this was happening. Uh, this happened because um, if, it, if it were a bigger deal, I would have known. But it, it did happen, and I was expecting it to actually parlay into a feud at WrestleMania, only to find out that Big E was himself part of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And the weird part is Christian wasn't in that match, wasn't he? He, he wasn't in the match. He was supposed to. Yeah, he was supposed to, but he was. He I think he got he got injured or something right he before got that. Oh yeah, he got concussed. Was it on the on the SmackDown or what? Uh, I think it was like the SmackDown or the Raw following his win as number one contender. Well, that was lame. Yeah, uh, which pretty much uh, curtailed his momentum. So, you know, Christian, and now uh, we're trying to bounce back from the absence of Christian 
and and uh, into a new number yep. one contender. Yeah, yeah. So we got um, originally we had uh, Alberto Lario, Rob Van Dam, Sheamus, Wade, uh, Chris, Wade Barrett, um, Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger, Cesaro, Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, and Mark and Henry. Mark Henry. So, and as we all know, um, as of today's, as of last, uh, as of this week's Raw. Uh, the people, the two guys facing off in the finals of the tournament are Bad News Barrett and Rob Rob Van Dam, right? That's right, Rob, Rob Van, Van Dam versus Bad News Barrett, and it really, uh, it, I wouldn't say that it came out of left field, but it did surprise me. Why is that? I was expecting Cesaro to win. Like I, I, when I saw the tournament bracket, and given the direction of Cesaro's career with him aligning with Paul Heyman, unang unang thought ko was that uh, this tournament was built to make Cesaro legit or more legit than he already is. I don't know. Um, I thought when I first saw the when I first saw the brackets, the initial brackets, I thought it could be anyone's game. Um, it, anyone's game, even Mark Henry. You know what? Um, you know what I really like about this tournament is that it puts the Intercontinental Championship back where it belongs to, the, to the, its spot at the upper mid-card. Um, these are the guys who aren't World Championship material, or they were, but are currently not now because of one reason or another. Maybe it's because uh, there are new younger stars who are more popular, more over uh, right now, who are the current it, it the big things right now. and But they are not, um, but they are not as... As low on the totem pole as to you know go back down to the say United States Championship, uh, the Intercontinental Championship now is in that sweet spot in between. So I thought it was really anyone's game, and I could see anyone in that bracket holding a championship. And you did discuss this in your latest column on Geekout. Uh, Geekout.ph. Uh, yes, it's called the Middlemen, and in that column, yes, I did talk about this very thing. And I also talked about um, the United States Championship and how Dean Ambrose isn't really defending it. So we have to merge, we have to unify the title sooner or later. But yeah, um, sweet spot right in the middle. And it's either, you know, it's either one of those guys to win or Big E's to win. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good for, for the championship either way because either um, one of those upper mid card guys gets to win the title or Big E goes. Goes over and gets you know a higher a boost to his stock once he beats you know one of those former world champions. Former world champions. Wade Barrett isn't a former world champion. Uh, you know, mostly they are mo- they are mostly former world champions. Uh, the only two guys who are, are who aren't world champions in that stock are Wade Barrett and Cesaro. That's right. That's right. And Wade Barrett might be someone whose ship has sailed, but you know anything can happen. But we all know that Cesaro's time is only coming. All right, predictions for next week's Raw. Rob Van Dam versus Bad News Barrett. Who's winning this? Um, as much as I would like to see a good um, Rob Van Dam versus Big E title match, I think this is going to go to Bad News Barrett. He's the younger guy. He's, uh, the WWE seems to be intent on pushing him. Again. Um, again. Uh, I don't know what... Um, you know, I see, I, I, I see something in him, but I don't think it's enough to push him up higher. But... It's the Intercontinental Championship, so it's okay to take some risks. It's, it doesn't mean that he's going to win, actually. It doesn't mean he's going to win a championship just because he wins a, a long-ass tournament. It's gonna, it's, it, it could be a good match. That's about as, as much as I'm expecting. You know what? I'm actually agreeing with you right here. I am also calling for Bad News Barrett to take home uh, this tournament and to be number one contender and to head into Extreme Rules into a match against Big E. And I'm also saying this because I'm a big fan of the Bullhammer. The Bullhammer. Uh, yeah, the bad, I, I, I love it, seeing. It's now the bad news Bullhammer. 
I did not know that. It, they call it the bad news bull hammer. I don't care. I'm still calling it the bull hammer. <laughs> and at least they still call it the bull hammer. And I love and I love that finisher. I love seeing that elbow. Uh, you know, as of watching it come from nowhere. If you saw the finish uh, of his match against Sheamus, I love how it ended. I love how the bull hammer just came from out of nowhere. Nasalabasi bad news. Barrett and, and Sheamus was trying to run uh, towards bad news, and he just hit him. Bad that, just hit him with the elbow. And that's how it's supposed to be done. Because um, when he first debuted this move, he did this weird straight jacket hold thing where he would, you know, it's like it's like he's ballroom dancing. Well, it was like Damien yeah. Sandow's setup for his, his old thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of slow and it's a bit deliberate, but it's not as impactful as one would seem. But it's a good move, but it wasn't as, you know, as pop. There's no pop. But now there is a pop because I think he's learned how to do it better now. And he's learned how to do it out of nowhere because a lot of these finishers, they're the most impactful when they come out of nowhere, like the RKO, the yeah, Stone Cold yeah, yeah. Stunner. The, the, the street chin music. Uh, these, and an elbow is always a good move to watch because it, it looks like it hurts. No matter what you, what you think of it, um, if, if you use an elbow as a finisher, it's going to look like it hurts. Let, let's uh, let's uh, take, take a point from the tournament and try to talk about uh, how good tournaments can be and how often should we see them in WWE programming now you know this tournament has done nothing but wonders at least right now for yeah, the because, upper mid yeah that's, that's what I was talking about yeah that was what I was talking about in my column the, um, um, anytime you have a tournament it's gonna be long it's gonna be big always gonna be big it's gonna be a story no matter no matter if it unfolds um, in one night or over the course of many nights it's gonna be big because you shift the spotlight to the turn to this to the price to the Intercontinental Championship, and it hasn't had that exposure in a while. So, uh, in terms of frequency, like how often should we see a tournament for uh, uh, for the number one contender status? Uh, as much as possible, but there is a sweet spot again. Uh, there's um, a right way to do it. Um, tournaments are nice, but you don't want to keep doing in, uh, tournaments one after the other, like you know, one month after the last one had. Um, I would love to see another. A, the next tournament to be for a contendership to the number one uh, to the tag team championships. No matter who wins it at Extreme Rules, whether uh, the Usos get to retain or it's Ry Baxel who gets to win him, I would like to see a tag team tournament because that's always fun. And uh, you mentioned, yeah, you did mention the Usos and Ry Baxel facing off or possibly facing off at Extreme Rules. Uh, we're going to bring you back to uh, two episodes ago where we actually did some fantasy booking for yeah, Extreme yeah, Rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did that uh, coming off the Raw right after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So now that we're uh, about two weeks away from the go-home show and from Extreme Rules itself, uh, let, let, let's, uh, let's take a look first at the current card as it stands today. Right. First, we got um, the, ma- the big main event. Uh, it's not... Actually, a world championship match. It's, it's something be... you actually called somewhat. I'm, somewhat. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Some. No. No. I'm not gonna take it. Don't worry. I'm not gonna take it because it's not what I called for. I mean, it's close. It's really close, but it's not it. And I'm talking about the six man tag team match between um, the Shield and the newly reformed Evolution. And this is something big. It's huge. You have uh, three of the baddest guys from the current era versus. Uh, at least in my opinion, the baddest faction that I've ever seen, taking into account that wait, I started wait, watching which, wrestling. Who is who? Uh, <laughs> think, uh, yeah, the current era, the Shield, okay. they are the baddest guys, uh, baddest SOBs right now. And then you have the baddest SOBs from 10 years ago. Because right, right. when I started watching wrestling 10 years ago, Evolution was the shit. They were the guys who would always lay the smack down on everybody who crossed their paths. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and call Evolution the most electrifying faction right now in the WWE. Because, you know... Um, Even bigger than the Wyatts and the Shield? 
No, the shield is the. This, no, the sh- what did I say? I said the shield. No, you said evolution. I d- was did the I most say evolution? Electric- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I meant the shield. I'm so sorry. I meant the shield is the most electrifying. Sh- are you sure I said evolution? Sabi mo evolution, bro. I, all right, fine. The shield. I'm making it clear. The shield is the most electrifying faction in the WWE as of today. All right, I'm glad that's clear. Now, why is that? I mean, why uh, the shield over the Wyatts? Why the shield over evolution? Over the authority? Because everything the Shield has been doing ever since they de- debuted um, back in November of 2012 has been electric, has been has been fresh. And I don't know it always ends up being fresh. Even that squash match at WrestleMania. Yeah, 30? yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the crowd was relatively quiet for that match, but e- looking at everything, it, there's hardly uh, an, a Shield spot that the crowd is really dead for. I mean, the sh- the crowd is always. Loving the shield, no matter what they do, and no matter how many times they've done it, and you know, it's just, and it also helps that uh, Roman Reigns is a cousin of The Rock. So you're because, saying that just because of uh, just because they're, they're cousins, you have some of that family genes crossing over. Maybe, maybe, but people love Roman Reigns. People do love Roman Reigns. People are beginning to love Seth Rollins just as much. Exactly, and they're all electrifying in their own right. So when we when you put them all together. The, the, it all goes up to the roof. The the whole wattage goes up to the roof. You could say that they've got the Midas touch right now. Everything they touch is gold. Almost, almost. Um, we're just gonna they're just gonna have to find a way to not make it seem over overexposed. You know, to not push it too much with the shield. But I'm gonna really have to say that it is really gold. Right now, they do have a formidable opponent in Evolution. Which, by the way, by the way, is also the Authority. By the way, I have to tell you, uh, have you seen you've you've seen the Evolution reunion last week. Yeah. On how it went down. That sucked. It why? Sucked. Tell me why it sucked. It sucked because of the audience reaction. It sucked because it seemed like they didn't give a shit. I mean, 10 years. It's been 10 years since we heard Line in the Sand. 10 years since we saw those three guys walk together out uh, out from backstage. I expected the announce team to go crazy. It's when, when Line in the Sand hit, when the Evolution, when when... Randy Orton, Batista, and Triple H all came out together. When the logo flashed on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? The last time um, I was disappointed by a, a return was when Christian came back from TNA. And he came back on the ECW brand. I remember that. And I remember. And I quote Matt Stryker. And he's supposed to be the most, one of the most exciting guys on commentary, Matt Stryker. Because he's got this, you know, his, this Markish energy about him. He marks out a lot on, on, on commentary. He even says, I'm marking out, bro. And when Christian came back out, when Christian returned to the WWE under ECW, this is what he had to say. Exactly. And when I say it, this is how exactly he sounded. It's Christian. Christian. <laughs> and you expect it. Oh my God, that's Christian. Christian's back in the WWE. You expect guys, you know, like Jim Ross to, to sound like that. And that's exactly how Michael Cole, uh, JBL, and and Jerry Lawler sounded when Evolution came back on last week's Raw. Buti sana if it was someone like Christian who, you know, you could kind of understand why they would try to bury him a little bit, quote-unquote. And I'm using air quotes here. Bury him by underselling his return. That's just, that's, that's just a conspiracy theory. But this is fucking Evolution. This is Trips, Orton, and Batista. Yeah, it's supposed to be Evolution. That's Evolution. Oh my God, we haven't seen Evolution in years. It, it's, it has been a decade. It should be a big fucking deal, but it's, it, it wasn't. And that was a huge... Huge disappointment. Yeah, you know, you got uh, Smarks marking out on Twitter, on the internet, on Facebook, and and the and the reaction that came on screen was so 
lukewarm, lackluster. Exactly. And what's up with that, guys? I thought you were gonna. How are you? How are we going to put over evolution as a big threat, as a big deal in 2014 when that's how you react to them coming back? So uh, at least right now, what evolution does have going for them is the fact that they've got so much heat, so much heat from uh, from from using. All the other heels on the roster as their hired guns, and that's actually you know um, I remember Triple H um, tweeting something about how soldiers are the currency in which empires are built. Yeah, are built. Yeah, and that's really that's an awesome quote. It is way. an awesome quote, <laughs> yeah, especially from the guy who calls himself the King of Kings. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. especially with the way that he does carry out his character. Now that he does use every other heel on the roster, save for Cesaro. As a hired gun, mm, yeah. Actually, I did not notice he wasn't there. He he was he wasn't there last week. He wasn't there last night either. We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, uh, yeah, we digress. We digress. Uh, fat, we're talking about fantasy booking. In case you just joined us, uh, and since um, we just mentioned that the main event was going to be a six-man tag between the Shield and Evolution, that leaves event. out our world, our, our WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Daniel Bryan, who will be in a match against his former tag team partner, Kane. Kane, yes. Um, it's been confirmed on this Monday's Raw. Um, Kane is going to be back in his mask, back in his evil ways. challenging demon gimmick. Challenging for the world title under the authorities' banner. All right, thoughts on Kane challenging once again and him being the default number one contender. This is a safe booking match. Uh, it's a safe... Safe, good, safe match. Yeah, yeah, it's a safe... No, no, no it's a good safe because... Kane and Debray have this good chemistry between them. Kane is always a good worker. If you give him the minutes, if you give him the good opponent, um, he's agile for a big man. He's he hits hard. He doesn't pull back uh, as much as possible. He's a complete pro, and he always manages to pull out a good match, especially against smaller guys. And Kane has had a history of one-on-one matches with Daniel Bryan. Exactly. They faced off on TV. They faced off on pay-per-view as well. Uh, and and you can build so much on the history between these two characters that it can it can take what is already a compelling storyline with the authority uh, into some hopefully something bigger. You may have seen this match before, but it's okay because um, the big match, the Evolution versus Shield match, is going to be so good. I it's it should be so good. That's going to be that, the prize of the night. Yeah, and th- so that um, it's going to be okay for us to watch another rerun of Dan- of Daniel Bryan versus Kane. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'm gonna. I'm. I am sure that they're gonna put out a solid match at the very least, and a hard hitting match at most. Uh, I I'd probably be okay with it as well. I guess. Uh, well, mo- mostly because there's nothing we can do anyway. But uh, I guess the most that I can do as as a fan, as an observer, as us trying to be analysts over here or being analysts over here is really to just enjoy enjoy the fact that we are probably gonna see two of the biggest matches uh, of the night go down in this manner. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you though first. Um, if is other than Kane, who else would, would you have wanted to see challenge for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship? We discussed this before. How about just uh, bring Brock back out? Actually, that's fair. But would it be? Wouldn't it be too soon? Actually, no. It, there is momentum. Actually, he didn't, yeah, he does have the momentum out of uh, you know. Uh, breaking or conquering yeah, the yeah. Undertaker's streak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He's been saying it over and over again. Paul Heyman keeps saying over and over again that his client, Brock Lesnar, conquered the streak. streak. Yeah, yeah. actually, that would have been a good match. Um, um, Brock Lesnar might have been a possible you know, mercenary for the authority. 
Pero hindi rin eh, because he, he has had his differences with Triple, H. with Triple H. Well, you know, it doesn't matter because it's still the title. And he, it's uh, in the pursuit of the championship. Um, it's a common goal. Uh, the authority does not want to see um, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan hold, hold the championship and Brock Lesnar wants the title for himself. So why not, right? Why not? Uh, but yeah, I would, have, I, I would have put my money on, on Brock Lesnar as the number one contender over um, over Kane, but okay, lang like I I'm I'm actually satisfied with the two main events that we've got. Now here's a match I actually successfully predicted a Rusev squash match. Yes. Uh, okay. So what else are you going to say about this now? Uh, nothing. <laughs> the fact that it's actually happening and that uh, and that it's actually being built like it's not impromptu. Uh, we actually know like two, three weeks in advance that he's taking on Truth and Xavier Woods. Yeah, because um, they've been feuding a while. For, for you know the past couple of weeks, and I guess can you uh, really see they've been feuding when Rusev has always had the upper hand? It's a feud, no matter what you say about it. It's still a feud, and then I know you're happy about this because this is extra points for your fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am, of course I am. Uh, how about uh, how about something that we tried to predict but we actually got off by just a little bit? Are we talking about the Divas title match? We are talking about Paige versus Tamina. Uh, we did want. Um, Paige versus AJ for Extreme Rules but it seems that AJ has asked for time off from the company um, for reasons we don't want to get into right now because everything we do right now everything we say about this right now is going to be speculation and okay Paige versus Tamina Tamina is a good worker I'm going to be all for that uh, I'm going to be all for that as well just to see uh, what kind of chemistry these two will build uh, we haven't seen them in the ring against each other before actually we haven't seen much of Tamina in the ring Mm-hmm. When you think about it, we haven't seen much. Of no, her. I have. I don't know about you, but I have. Uh, that, that's because I, 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 I'm not as avid of a viewer of the non-Raw and SmackDown shows, and I, I would admit to that. But I well, do. Like fair but she's been on. She's been on pay-per-views challenging for the Divas title before. Before, yeah. But, but when when she and AJ were aligned, she had to take. Uh, she had to uh, take a back. Tamina is one of the toughest divas on the roster right now, behind uh, Natalia and before Beth Phoenix. You can see that via the eye test, just by looking at her. Yeah, yeah, and, she, and that's gonna be a good match. Uh, Paige is a hard hitter. Uh, she's a good worker, a good wrestler, and Tamina is a hard hitter. She's one of the strongest divas in the division. So I'm gonna be excited for this. All the same. How about the impending match between Cesaro and Swagger? Okay, let me ask you first. Wait, first of all, we predicted. Who predicted this? Did I predict this? I believe I predicted I this. I think you did, yeah. Did you predict this? No, I didn't. Ha! You did not predict this. I did I not. predicted this. I'm telling you, Cesaro versus Swagger, it's a good thing because we finally have a meaningful non-title match on the card. Um, it, doesn't, it, doesn't revolve in, it doesn't revolve around a championship. Or it, a prize. Yeah, or a prize. It revolved around a breakup, and that's always a good story to tell between two guys. And we just had this last February when we had Titus O'Neil and Darren Young take on each other. I was excited for that feud. And look what happened. And look what happened. Yeah, it, it did kill their momentum. Sayang, because well, I was really expecting yeah. that one of them, at least one of them, would have been elevated as a star. But again, look what happened. I told you Darren Young should have won that. But uh, I'm, I have higher hopes for this match because Cesaro and Swagger are much, much better than Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. And we're, we're forgetting uh, the other two supporting characters. You have Zeb Coulter and, and Paul, Paul Heyman as the managers. No, uh, uh, that brings me to an important question. I have to ask this because it's a bit confusing at the moment. Paul Heyman is a heel. He is. We know that for sure. Jack Swagger is a heel. We know that for sure. Zeb Coulter is a heel. We know that for sure as well. Antonio Cesaro is facing Swagger, who is a heel. What does this make Cesaro? I think it makes Cesaro a tweener. 
Why? Because people love him, but he's supposed to be booked as a heel. He is because he has because he has a heel manager. He wrestles with heel mannerisms as well. If you observe his matches, almost all of his tactics involve him playing the heel. It's kind of like Dolph Ziggler back before he turned into before he was turned to face. Um, people were trying to get him, were cheering for him a lot, but the WWE kept pushing him as a heel. Exactly, exactly, and and same for Randy Orton as well. Uh, people were cheering Randy Orton or either was this booing. pre-legacy? Oh, post-legacy. Or post-legacy. Sorry, uh, post-legacy yeah. years. Uh, he's you know he's just doing his badass self. He's just fighting. He's being a heel, but he's fighting bad guys. So Randy Orton was the best best example of a tweener. In recent memory, and now Cesaro is a tweener, but can we say he's an anti-hero? No, I don't think so. Because he's not doing, he's not fighting bad guys really for good reasons. He's just fighting bad guys for selfish reasons. Is it selfish really when you're defending yourself? Because Swagger attacked Cesaro. Like if I, if you were any other guy, and some some dude tried to jump, well, yeah, you. that's selfish because uh, Cesaro isn't fighting Jack Swagger because of you know like hustle, loyalty, respect, or, or, or because or, he wants to challenge the "we the people" principle. Yeah, exactly. He's not he's not fighting racism or xenophobia on on the real Americans' part. Uh, it's he's you know he's just saving his own hide. And okay, he's a tweener, but it's the kind of dangerous tweener that you know. Can't we say the same thing about Tensai when Brodus Clay broke up with him? Nobody cares about that. But it's the same principle. When Nobody you think cares about, it, about that. Yun, Nobody cares about, about it. Nobody cared about Tensai and Brodus Clay by the time they broke up. And nobody cares about Brodus Clay now because he's reinventing himself back on NXT. But all, all breakups essentially start with one guy beating up another guy. Okay, let's take John Morrison and The Miz. Okay. What made John Morrison a good guy? The fact that the, the, fact that the Miz just tried to kick his ass? I guess, yeah. So exactly. isn't this the same principle that's, uh, swagger that's, that's how it go- no, no, that's, that's how it goes at first. Um, the good guy becomes a good guy because the bad guy, the heel, the, the, the one who betrayed him is kicking his ass now. But eventually, um, he's going to be a good guy because he's you know going to start fighting heels and start teaming with other faces. But this, this is a very complex thing. By the simple fact that Paul Heyman is Cesaro's yeah, manager, yeah, that's why I'm calling it a dangerous kind of tweenerism because um, uh, Cesaro gets lots of face reactions, but the, all, the only natural course for him right now is to be a heel because Paul, you can't turn Paul Heyman face unless Paul Heyman is also a tweener at this moment. Because, and I'm pretty sure he's not. He's not because he always finds a way to rile the crowd up. Exactly. But and um, so so. Right now, we don't really have a conclusion. We can't seem to... It's dangerous because um, the WWE and Cesaro is put between a rock and a hard place. He is, he is. And, uh, well, uh, since we're talking about Cesaro, we might as well talk about the latest development in his character, mm-hmm. uh, which is his theme song. And we bitched about this on Twitter. We have bitched uh, about yeah, this online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really quickly now on Cesaro's theme song. Uh, it's not memorable. Other than the sirens, uh, it's really not memorable. You need a good hook. You need a good melodic uh, theme. Yeah, and your theme song to be a good song, and even heels and faces have that in common when they have when we're talking about good theme songs. For example, Alberto Del Rio's theme song "Realeza" is good because it's memorable. Same as Fandango's theme song because you can sing along. You to can it. sing along to it. So is John Cena's theme yeah, song. You can sing along to that. And the the real American song is even better. It's it's, it's better simple, than it's instrumental, and everyone can hum yeah, along. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah. It's it's better than what Cesaro just got because um, even though the real Americans theme song might sound a bit generic, 
there is a melody that you can sing along to. Like, and you can associate it with Swagger and, and with Zeb Coulter. Yeah, see, that's a memorable, that's a catchy song. I remember it, and 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 uh, I I don't even remember right now how Cesaro's theme goes. Yeah, yeah. Now do yourselves a favor. No, do this. Try this. Open up YouTube, find the new Cesaro theme song, listen to it for like one minute, then close it. Close the so- close the tab. Close. Stop playing the video, and then see if you can hum along the melody. If there's a melody. You can't, right? You can't because there is no melody. There's just a random shredding guitar, and it sound it really just sounded like uh, they they gave Cesaro something that they can give any other wrestler. And they had two weeks to do this. They did. <laughs> Here's the best part: he was actually more badass when he came out with no music and exactly. just a spotlight. Yeah, that was like um, back when Our Truth turned crazy, or back when Kozlov was actually a badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our Truth, uh, he just had this audio drop that said, "The truth shall set you free." And he would walk out with no uh, music, cussing out little Jimmy. No music, yeah, that was that was that was cool. That was effective. It it stands out because everyone comes out with music nowadays. Even non wrestlers come out with music. Yeah, that that is right. Like if Renee Young had to come out, I'm sure she would have a, uh, an interest theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, yeah. So um, as a critic of 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 wrestlers theme songs, this one is pretty not bad, I guess, because it's not. But it can be so much better. But it's bad because you don't think about it. It's not memorable. You don't remember it at all, so that's why it's bad. And oh, you know what? Um, do you even remember what Daniel Bryan's first theme song was? Uh, no. Exactly. Other than the final countdown, you don't remember what the first WWE theme song was. That's why he had to change to the Flight of the Valkyries because it was something that people would remember. Yeah, because it's popular in pop culture. Point proven. Point proven. And that's what you need if you're gonna go to the top on your own as a single superstar. Because, uh, because um, the the theme song is part of your character. Uh, imagine Shawn Michaels without Sexy Boy, or Hulk Hogan without Real, Real America. America, or Triple H without you know the game. Well, that, well, yeah, yeah, it's part of it's part of the packaging. Even Ric Flair without Alsa Sprachzarthustra. See, it's part of the packaging, and Cesaro needs to get a new one post haste if he wants to be a top. You know, a top superstar. Now that we're talking about top superstars or guys breaking out from tag teams to be top superstars, let's talk about the Rhodes brothers and the latest development in their story. Uh, yeah, and I predicted this. Uh, I predicted them to be the number one contenders to the tag team championships at uh, Extreme Rules. And my friend Stan here, by the way, let's give him this credit. He predicted Usos versus Rybaxel. Yeah, I did. And he wins that one. But I predicted um, Rhodes brothers versus Usos because I wanted to... The, the split of the Rose Brothers to happen uh, around Extreme Rules. And at least I got that part right because now, uh, this at yesterday's Raw, last night's Raw, um, the, the, the seeds of the split were sown. Here's my big complaint about that. I mean, the Rhodes Brothers, they made such a good story when they came, uh, when they came together as a team uh, back in Battleground. And then when they won the championship on the Raw after that, they became huge. They were big, especially with Goldust's resurgence and his renaissance. My huge problem is that they missed the opportunity to run with this uh, during the road to WrestleMania. It doesn't matter. If it's a good story, it'll take off no matter when it happens. But we've been clamoring for Cody versus Goldust for years. This should have been, this should have been the match as early as WrestleMania 28. Uh, no, it doesn't matter because um, okay, we've been clamoring for it. Yes, I have been. I won this match ever since Gold Dust has been coming back uh, a bit regularly to the WWE in recent memory. But um, I don't see 
I have to admit that I don't see that much clamor for it whenever I, you know, I visit wrestling circles or when I talk wrestling online. Um, it's not really a thing that's higher on the priority list of fans. All right, so Cody versus Goldust, uh, we we saw them bicker a bit towards the uh, towards the end of their segment on Raw. Uh, Cody was the one who shook Goldust off, and it seemed like Cody's the guy who's turning heel. We don't know that yet, actually. How do we know? Because um, it could go. It could. It's still early. It's still the first. Um, it's still the first segment uh, that uh, the first chapter, if you will, uh, of of this new story. So it could either be, you know, maybe. Cody and Goldust would make up next week and then they lose again and then maybe this time Cold Goldust would be the one shaking him off. All right, let's we don't do, know yet. We don't know yet. Let's but, do some fantasy booking here on Cody on the Cody Goldust feud. Who would you want first to be the face and the heel and second who would you want to come out on top? Um I'd rather uh, you know what it's weird because I've thought of Cody as a boring heel back when he was wearing the face mask and everything. The most interesting time of his most interesting heel run was when he was dashing. That's it. But um, I think he's he might be better off as a face. Yeah. I want him to be the face because now. Because of his but, moveset. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be, the, be the, an effective face against Goldust. Because people just love Goldust right now. Yeah. And he's been he's been borderline inspirational. Uh, unless, uh, which... But I think... If we turn this around a bit, it might work. If Cody was to be the face and Goldust was to pull off a shocking heel turn, I think that would make for an interesting premise of the story. I think if they execute it well, um, it might be better this time. Okay, who comes out on top? And I think the answer to this question is Cody has to come out on top because he's younger. He's younger. He needs it more. He's he's got more everyone, potential. Yeah, among everyone the both loves of them. Goldust. Goldust is old, so Goldust, Goldust does not need this at all. But it's. He, it, it's Cody's to get, uh, Cody's to lose. It's Cody's to lose, uh, no doubt, no doubt. And it and since it's Cody's to lose, it would be even better if he was face. Awesome, awesome. Uh, now uh, we we did uh, touch on the Usos versus Rybacksel as another tag team match. Uh, which match among the among the seven or eight matches we've already seen on the card is gonna get bumped down to the pre-show? I have a feeling it's gonna be Usos versus Rybacksel again. again. Yeah, I don't see uh, as much as actually. I'm gonna have to say first. I have to say I have to comment that I like Ryback still challenging for the tag team championships, especially Ryback because I believe him more as a threat as a threat to the to the tag team championships more than I do as a threat to the WWE championship back when he was facing John Cena because you know he doesn't need to do much talking here. I mean, he has an actual heel gimmick that he can get behind. Yeah, um, and you know he actually looks dominant over the Usos. All right, uh, I. But yeah, I would have to say that um, I don't think they're winning it, so I think it's gonna get bumped down. I'm putting my money on the on the tag team match as well, just because of uh, of the trends we've seen over the last few years. Like among these matches that are on the card, which are more likely to get bumped down, uh, I'll put my money on the Usos and Ryback. So it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good, but it's gonna be bumped down as usual. We haven't mentioned this, and uh, we might as well transition to our second, uh, to our next topic, because uh, this is also part of the current card for Extreme Rules: John Cena versus Bray Wyatt in a steel cage match. And while we're talking about the match, oh, wait, I got this one right as well. Yes, you did. You did get this one right on the money. Right uh, on the money, because I told you, I told you, 
it was going to have is going to have to be something that you know keeps the other members of the white family away from John Cena and it has to be extreme so it's a steel cage match all right thoughts on uh, thoughts on the feud so far on what what's been happening i i have a lot of thoughts uh, that i want to put out there starting from the way that last week's raw went down the main event why don't you just go ahead and say it <laughs> uh, wwe app vote the WWE Universe was booked to pretty much... Make He's talking about this Monday's Raw, Pala, not last week's Raw. Yeah, this was last night's Raw, uh, or yesterday's Raw. John Cena versus all three members of the Wyatt family. And that was a shocker, I guess, for the character of John Cena. Like, you could kind of see it coming from a mile away. I don't know. It was since it was a vote. I was questioning on Twitter earlier um, during the live uh, broadcast of Raw. Why would anyone vote for a handicap match? Right? Yeah, but, I don't know if it's if it's John Cena who's pretty much uh, the popular, baby face of baby faces. You know, uh, you you usually get uh, the voting was through the WWE app, yeah. And uh, you know, the people who have the WWE app are usually marks. That's so right. So why I'm would sure they... they would have voted for you know John Cena versus Luke Harper? Which is why my uh, my insight on this is that it was booked to happen that way, regardless of how the voting actually yeah, went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's clearly more rigged than most other you know polls of this sort. But I liked how Cena acted in this one. And we've been commenting, we, we've been praising John Cena on his acting skills uh, lately on the podcast. And, you know, I, and that even contributes to the theory that it's rigged. Okay, yeah, we get it, we get it. It's obviously rigged to be that, to turn out that way. But, you know, it's, you know this, this, we are trying to suspend our disbelief for a moment here. I liked, uh, I, I liked the depth, I, I guess. Uh, the fact that John Cena is beginning to question whether his faith in the WWE, in the WWE universe has been, uh, has been placed correctly. That's, oh, I actually did not see it that way. Uh, it, that's why I told you. Uh, before we recorded the podcast, I had to make Ro watch the main event. I had to make Again, him, yeah. I had to make him watch how John Cena reacted to the result of the vote. And that's what I was trying to point out at, which I thought... I, I actually thought <laughs> no, I actually didn't get that. Uh, th- it's that, been a long day. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no worries, no worries, my friend. But my insight, my insight on this is that uh, John Cena started to have doubts on the WWE universe. It's like he felt like the universe turned on him, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the whole premise of this Cena Wyatt storyline has always been about how uh, Wyatt is trying to get Cena to embrace the hate, it's the inner, embrace yeah, the embrace inner the hate. Oh my God! Thank you for reminding me of that Kane catchphrase: "Embrace the hate." Yeah, exactly. Because this is exactly That's how it. Cena Kane should have turned out two years ago. Yeah, exactly. Which we talked about back in the first episode. That's so, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to, if you want to be able to catch the other episodes, feel free to download them or to backtrack. Uh, we don't charge you for anything here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get them at our SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud.com/sgppodcast. You're welcome. All right, now back to Cena uh, Wyatt. You know, pinagusapan natin. Um, I, I guess I liked it. Uh, the fact that Cena is now questioning, or he seems to be doubting the members of the WWE universe for, uh, for putting him in a spot where. He has to face all three members of the Wyatt family in what would be a massacre, as as uh, JBL would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's. I think he's been. It's. It's not his first handicap match. Oh no, man. <laughs> but, we, we've seen him fight uh, fight worse. But the fact that uh, the universe, who whose back he's always had, who he's always uh, represented with hustle, loyalty, and respect, suddenly just turns on him like that and puts him in a spot where he would get killed. Oh well. Uh, well. well Wait, this has happened before. Um, you know, ECW one night stand two thousand six. But he knew that he was entering hostile territory. You didn't difference it. This was what Birmingham, Alabama, which is kind of hostile when you think about it, because it's the South. 
and Ray White is a Southerner, and the yeah, Wyatts are Southern yeah, characters. They're from Louisiana. But in day, I mean, uh, there, there, there's got to be something about uh, about this that makes me wonder if this could eventually, eventually lead to the uh, to the Cena heel turn that most of us members of the IWC have been have been clamoring for. I don't know. I don't think it's gonna happen this way because um, after okay, so let's assume let's assume that he turns heel uh, after this because of this. What next? What does he join the White family now? He what? doesn't join the White family, but he pretty much just tells everybody to go fuck off. <laughs> really? What was it? But then what? Wouldn't the Wyatts win? Isn't that the point for the yeah, Wyatts to okay, come but, out on top? No, yeah, they win, but they don't. But Cena gets nothing because he has nothing to say now. Okay, he's a bad guy, and then then what? How do you turn somebody whose whose main principles are hustle, loyalty, and respect into a credible heel? I think it's a possible story to run with. I just don't think that WWE creative has is creative you know, enough. To yeah, it's creative enough. It. It's creative enough to you know to follow through after such a heel turn because they're not. I know you know they're not Batman writers at all. They don't write the. <laughs> Any of the Batman stuff. They're not in Nolan's league. That's yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. And they can't write this Harvey Dent thing at all. I don't think it's possible for them to follow through on a character development of this magnitude. But because like after this week's episode, it did get me. It did get me uh, salivating over the thought of what happens next, just because of how how Cena reacted, how uh, how how the how the app vote went down. I know there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to speculate on and if you want to be part of the discussion feel free to do that you can use the hashtag SGP podcast and you can tweet us it's at Stan nine four seven at Roizwar R O I S W A R and if you were looking for our previous episodes we said SGP podcast earlier it's actually SoundCloud.com slash the SGP podcast my bad I left out the V all right so th- uh, there that's where you can find us online. Uh, and oh yeah, by the way, wait, no, no, no wait, no, no, I'll plug that later. My bad, my bad. Predictions on Cena versus Wyatt for Extreme Rules. Um, okay, we have a week left, right? Or is yeah. it happening? Oh, wait, wait. No, oh, it's, it's happening, happening next two week. weeks. Yeah, in two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. So we have a week left. So conventional wrestling uh, logic would tell me that um, Cena might, you know, might overcome the odds next week as as a go home at the go home Raw, and. That would make Bryant, ah, Bryant, Bryant, what the hell, Bryant, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family win at Extreme Rules because they have to, and then maybe, um, I think, I think the feud, the feud still has enough momentum to go into, to payback, and I think that's where Cena is gonna win again. So you think, uh, you don't think this feud or this rivalry is going to last any longer than payback? I don't know. I don't know. All I'm gonna say is it's gonna last longer than Extreme Rules because the mind fuck Cena is getting is of a whole other level. It's something that nobody has pretty much put Cena through, uh, which is which is, which is a damn shame because it it's something Kane should have done I honestly, two years ago. I legitimately think that Cena likes to work with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. Well, uh, they they do have chemistry. That's for sure. Uh, we can see that. Uh, on TV and on pay-per-view uh, Lots to look forward to on that note uh, I mentioned Kane earlier I mentioned how uh, Kane should have been the one To put Cena through this kind of, this kind of rivalry This kind of mindfuckery uh, What about Kane as the number one contender to, uh, to, to Daniel Bryan's WWE World Heavyweight Championship? Well, we discussed this earlier again um, It's a safe booking And 
as of other than Brock Lesnar, I don't see anyone else challenging for the championship. And it's believable. Kane is believable because he works for the authority who wants him, who wants Daniel Bryan out of the top spot, and you know they have enough history to make it work. Um, Kane is one of those guys that you can easily reinsert back into the main event position, and especially now that he has enough uh, logical storyline reason to be back there. Will Kane win, or does he have a shot at actually being champion in today's WWE? No, I think he's long. He's the ship has sailed. Uh, the last time we had a Kane championship run was in 2011. That's right, 2011, no, no, 2010. No, 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 2010, late 2010. My when man, he my beat man. Rey Mysterio at Money yeah, in the yeah, Bank, yeah. 2010. And he and he lost the title to Edge in his last reign. Now both both of those guys had their last reigns. Anyway, could you say that Kane is now a jobber to the stars? I think he has long been a jobber to the stars. He's been that good hand who knows how to have a good match with anyone, almost anyone. But um, He did go over Randy Orton at WrestleMania 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody really remembers that anymore. But um, yeah, uh, he has been a long... He's been a jobber to the stars for a while now. And I think he's one of those guys who's okay with it because he's got the secure position in, his, in the company. Quick side note for those who aren't familiar with some of the terms we've been using. If you're a jobber to the stars, that means you're the one, uh, you're, the, you're the worker or the wrestler who loses to elevate another star. That doesn't mean you're a jobber. Uh, you're a, job, a jobber is someone who always loses, but a jobber to the stars... You meaning, know, meaning you do the job, which is why you lose. A jobber to the stars wins half the time and loses when it's time to put a bigger star over. Examples of that recently include Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Jericho is has understood his role as being jobber to the stars because he's gotten old, and he knows that um, he doesn't really want to be a full time wrestler anymore. So he doesn't really care about being in the main event. How about Christian? Yeah, Christian is one of those jobbers to the stars. Um, he's had his day as you know with two world heavyweight championship runs, but other than that, um, he under also understands that he's not going to get too far because he's always injured. He's not. You know he's undersized and stuff, and he he knows he's a good worker to help put guys over. And when they need someone to you know help fill in the spot, like in last like last year, uh, a few pay per views, um, he was the challenger to Alberto Del Rio's um, World Heavyweight Championship. How about uh, how about how about this name, Mick Foley? Could could we say that Mick Foley was a jobber to the stars when he was building up uh, Randy Orton's profile? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? At this point. Uh, it's customary for a legend or for someone who is higher up on the totem pole but is a bit older to be a jobber to the stars because you, the, the the wrestling under wrestling is a business that completely understands that the young stars are its future so it's very cyclical yeah yeah it understands that completely it's very self-aware in that regard so everyone knows that when they get older when when there's less money to be made out of them it's time to help Put over the young guys Did HBK ever become A jobber to the stars? He has always been A jobber to the stars What are you talking about? Fine Was Undertaker ever A jobber to the stars? That, that's a tricky not, question Not at Wrestlemania But in other pay-per-views Meron ba? Meron di ba? A little bit uh, It's kind of hard to tell Because um, Late in his run He was He was this championship uh, Championship main eventer Yeah That He's supposed to be old But he was kind of An anomaly in that regard Because He didn't lose a lot he didn't lose to maybe he dropped it every now and then, but he still gets the championships. In the in his last four years, he's only lost like twice. 
Last four years? What From do you mean? 2010 to 2014. In the last four years of The Undertaker's run, he's only seemed to have lost twice. To The Shield and Brock Lesnar. That's right. Well, okay. He, but by that point then, you know, by the end of his career, the last two years, maybe he didn't understand that he was a jobber to the stars. Okay. And yeah, so you don't have to ask me this because, yeah, like I said, uh, if you're older, if you're an older wrestler, you know that it's time to help to help build the future. It's only it's only wise. The best team players know this. And now that we're talking about building the future, let me segue into our next topic. And this is something that uh, the, the guys and the girls, the boys and girls of Smart Gilas Philippines... SGP represent. What's up, y'all? ...have actually uh, discussed via our own little poll in our group. By the way, if you want to be a part of our daily discussions, you can join us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Smart Gilas Philippines. That's one word. We are SGP. We pretty much take in anyone and everyone who watches wrestling. And would like to discuss it in an educated manner. You're welcome. You're now, welcome. Uh, let's talk about building the future this time. And we've been, we've been wondering and uh, taking guesses at who should be the fourth member of Evolution. And there's a wait, logic wait, wait, wait. to that. Yeah, we, thank you for introducing the logic to that. Because uh, Evolution is a descendant of the Four Horsemen stable. And the Four Horsemen stable are obviously, as the name implies, are a group of four. Uh-huh. Um, there are three act- active wrestlers and there is one manager. In right. the original, that was... Um, Ric Flair? No, it was not Ric Flair. What no. was the original Four Horsemen? No, no, no. The, the manager in the original ah, was... Okay. I know. Was... J.J. Dillon. That's right. And um, in Evolution, that was Ric Flair. Even though he actually did get in the ring every now and then. Yeah. And so it follows that um, Evolution must always be four guys a stable of four and uh, the original incarnation of course it, it was billed as the best of the past which is Ric Flair yeah. the best of the present which was the Triple, game yeah. and then the best of the future which is Batista and Randy Orton which actually did fulfill its prophecy uh, as we now know 10 years later yeah you know what it's funny because evolution naturally now is a group of fossils <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right they are a group of fossils but they need a fourth guy and we at SGP at least agree that the fourth guy should be someone young. Yeah. The question is, who should this guy be? And here's a, here's a second question. Like, Let's put this as question 1A. Should this guy be just a manager or should this guy also be a young gun, like a real, a real worker? Let's answer that, that 1A question first. I think it has to be the future. And in order to be the future, it has to be a worker. Okay. Now no that, now no that questions we, there. Um, I think the closest thing that they have to a manager now is Triple H. Because he doesn't always get in the ring. Yeah. And but he's, he's still their, their leader. Yeah. Okay, uh, candidates. Let's throw out some names and let's discuss whether or not they're the best, uh, the best guys for the job. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Nope. Why not? Uh, he's feuding with the Shield. He's a loose cannon. He doesn't fit the mold. He's not. So what? But he's the future. He's not. He doesn't fit the mold. He doesn't look like an A plus player. Really, you're saying this about Dean Ambrose? I, I'm saying this about Dean Ambrose because I'm comparing him to the likes of Batista and Randy Orton. He doesn't have that same look that they have. Uh, he's not as handsome. He's not much of a pretty boy. Wait, he, wait, he's wait, not wait, jacked wait. up. Before Randy Orton joined Evolution, he was this loser who was a face trying to get sympathy for being injured. He was this annoying guy. But we, but we knew that he had the body for it. He was six foot four. I don't think anyone. Two fifty, maybe. But okay, that's unfair to say. Uh, Dean Ambrose is six two. He's two forty. He's got a big body. He, he's actually bigger than he looks. But I, I, I wouldn't. Immediately place him as the peg for for like Randy Orton version 2014. 
No way! Wait, wait, wait. He's he he's got the character down. I think he's as crazy as Randy Orton was back in the day. Crazy and cocky as as Randy Orton was back in two thousand three. Was Randy Orton cra- a, a crazy motherfucker in two thousand three? I mean, I remember he would go after anybody and their grandmother, but I don't think he was a lunatic fringe. Well, well, he eventually became a lunatic fringe. So there's that. Fine, I'll, I'll give you that, but I'm I'm not sold on Ambrose. Like, there's something in me that just says that it's probably not going to be Dean Ambrose. Besides, he doesn't need it as much as another guy would. Like who? Uh, let me throw this one out. L- let's end this speculation right now. Let me throw out Bo Dallas. <laughs> I think Bo needs it. I think <laughs> Bo Dallas is... For those who are following at home, Bo Dallas is the most ironic, uh, intentionally ironic suggestion to this question. People are actually suggesting that Bo Dallas could be the fourth member of Evolution. And I will get behind this. I will get behind the idea that Bo Dallas is, uh, is, the, is Randy Orton version t- uh, 2014. He needs this the most. And I believe. I am a believer. No, no. I think if ever, if ever Bo Dallas was added to Evolution... I think he was gonna. He's gonna serve the Eugene role. <laughs> you remember that? I you do. remember that all too well. All too well. He's gonna be the Eugene of Evolution 2014. That's sad. And that would, uh, ironically, though, that would turn Bo Dallas' face. Yeah, actually. Uh, for those who don't know, Bo Dallas is also the brother of Bray Wyatt, even though it might not be that obvious because Bray Wyatt is so much better than Bo Dallas. And the fact that they actually look different. No, they, they kind of look alike when you when you look at when you know when Bray Wyatt is. But being someone's Bray Wyatt, and if you shave, yeah, his beard. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you shave his beard, it, there, you see the resemblance. But uh, for now, Bo Dallas looks like a Native American woman. Fine, uh, <laughs> we uh, we've thrown out Ambrose, we've thrown out Bo. Who else do we have on the list? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Interesting. Why? Uh, can you explain this? Because you know he's got that energy. He's got. He's a bit magnetic. He needs. Um, He's got a bit of a killer instinct. He's a high flyer, but he's got a bit of that killer instinct. Almost like Randy Orton. Randy Orton was originally a high flyer. Here's the thing. Uh, Seth Rollins works better as a face. And exactly. we know that by now. Yeah. Uh, the crowd gets behind him because of his moveset, because of the way he talks, the way he cuts a promo. Um, I don't think Seth Rollins fits in that regard. But I, think, face. but I think uh, you know, all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys know how to be cocky heels. And okay, that's, we'll give them that. That's the important uh, character requirement for being an evolution, that you be a cocky heel. Since you mentioned all uh, the other two S.H.I.E.L.D. members, how about Roman Reigns? Does he seem like a logical choice? <laughs> yeah, because he is the future. He is the future of the WWE, and I would really love... To, and you know what? Would you love to see him turn on Ambrose and Rollins? That's the problem here. I want to see him be a face. I actually want to see them experiment on Roman Reigns as a singles face. And that's the problem with with making him Batista slash Randy Orton of, of uh, 2014. Yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah, I you know he fits the bill, he fits the mold as the future uh, under Evolution 2014. But everyone wants to see him too much as a face, and uh, it's, it could work against him. Yeah, and maybe not now. I mean, it's either it's 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 a hard choice now. Either you either you turn him face now, or you keep, or I mean you you, you keep him as a face now. Uh, as a singles face eventually or you cross him over to the dark side and have him join evolution and fast track his popularity even more here's one thing I like about you mentioning all three members of the shield oh. as a potential uh, potential ward of evolution it intensifies the storyline and the rivalry but I just realized now that if you put Roman Reigns um, at in evolution 
it could set up his eventual big face turn, like ha- like it so happened for Randy Orton and Batista. That's right. Like, have Roman Reigns be the fourth member of Evolution, have him win the Royal Rumble next year. No, no you don't have to win the Royal Rumble. Or just, have him be world just have cha- him in the World Championship just have, picture. Just have Triple H abuse him like he always does. Outside of the Shield and outside of Bo Dallas, who else uh, would fit the bill as a potential fourth member? Cesaro. Why? Because he's he's also the feature. He's he's you know he's impressive as he's as impressive physically as Batista and maybe Randy Orton. But we just saw him turn against Zeb Coulter. We just saw him aligned with Paul Heyman. Don't but, we want to see this but run? But he's not a face. He's not a face. You just said it. You just said so yourself earlier. He's not a face. Cesaro isn't cocky though. He can't pull it off. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can do it. He does it in the indies all the time. Fine, I stand corrected there in that in that regard. He just needs to be given a good character to run with because um, I think if you give him the you know the young blue chipper playboy evolution guy character and give him that as material, it works. Actually, yeah, I, I am imagining him now in in those suits and uh, being surrounded by those chicks. The thing with being you know the future of evolution is you don't always have to say much. You just have to stand there, look good, and wrestle good. And beat up whoever Trips tells you to beat up. Exactly, exactly. And Batista was never uh, that good of a uh, of a mic guy. He was never good at cutting promos. And that you know, and it's, it still worked out for him as a member of Evolution because all he had to do was stand there and be the muscle. And Cesaro is obviously the muscle. All right, uh, we we've mentioned Cesaro. We've mentioned all three members of the Shield and Bo Dallas. Who else do we have? Is there anyone else that can possibly? Be in the realm of discussion. Uh, here's someone who's kind of rumored to be in the in the running for Evolution 2014. Sheamus. Sheamus. Wow, I, I did not see this coming. You did not. Why did you not see this coming? Because how he's is Sheamus the future? He's not the future, but he is an important. He's uh, you know a fresh body to add to Evolution. I think Sheamus is due for a heel turn because he needs a heel turn because he's not really engaging as a face wrestler. And he was at the start. It's just that it's kind of wa- uh, worn people out. Yeah, there's no really, there's really no um, substantial character behind him as a face, and it helps that he's a Triple H guy. He is a Triple H guy. They've been known to be workout buddies, which uh, some some conspiracy theory uh, theorists would uh, point at as a, as a reason why he was pushed to the moon as early as he was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's you know, okay, there are really no. Um, I don't think there are big or concrete plans to add a fourth member to Evolution, but you know these are the rumors. These are the guys who might fit the bill, and I'm probably I probably would not be surprised if Sheamus was actually added to the roster. This will be this will sound a little bit stupid, but uh, give me a name that would uh, that would just <laughs> totally surprise you if this guy was picked as the fourth member. Kofi Kingston. Totally off the top of my head, if we're talking about a guy who will absolutely surprise me, Kofi Kingston. Like he would make you go, what the fuck? Exactly. He has like, <laughs> he has like beef with Randy Orton and probably Triple H. Saying though, uh, now, that, that, now that you mentioned Kofi Kingston and the other guys who stood up for Daniel Bryan sometime late last year, that could have gone somewhere. Yeah, but you know, uh, they don't like or they don't know how to write stories like that. They don't know how to pull through with it. Which is but, ironic because now they have it the other way around. They have all the heels working against, with Evolution against, against the good shield. guys. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well, indeed. And uh, I guess uh, with, that pretty much wraps it up for, 
for this uh, this episode of the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. We've done our fair share of fancy booking for Extreme Rules. Discussed some some key points about uh, key takeaways yeah, from yeah. from uh, the last episode of Raw and the last few episodes of of WWE television. Uh, we promise to n- try not to be as WWE centric as possible, but you'll have to gi- uh, give us a little bit of slack because that's pretty much the only thing we can religiously follow these days. Well, well we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. And if we you have something that, if you have something, you know, outside of WWE or maybe in the WWE, if you have something to add to our discussion today, you can go join us at Smart Gears for the Penis, the Facebook again, group. It's uh, it's on Facebook. You can uh, search us. You can also just type in the URL. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Smart Gilas Pilipinas. And uh, if you want our old podcast episodes, uh, we've, you know, we're only like four episodes deep, but we, that that qualifies as having old episodes. If you if you want to listen to our previous episodes, um, all you have to do is go to soundcloud.com slash the SGP podcast. And if you have any reactions, we're always open to debate. Uh, I've said some stupid things on this podcast, and I'm, I'm not really going to back off from that. No, that's okay. That's okay because we all learn. We all we learn all how to learn. do this. That's um, right. That's what SGP is all about. We teach. We you know everyone learns. We all discuss uh, wrestling. And we educate ourselves. We educate each other. It's all about opening your mind and just being open we to everyone are all else around da- you. We are in this group. We are all Damien Sandows. And we are all trying to be the, the intellectual saviors of the Pinoy masses. See, we're not unwashed. And speaking of the Pinoy masses, saying what's up to uh, P- Philippine Wrestling Revolution. PWR, what's up, guys? That's right. Uh, the, the PWR, guys, you are doing good work for this business that we all love. And we just we want nothing but success for you guys. You can find them at facebook.com slash group slash Philippine Wrestling Revolution. Or you can just you know, search. You search know, type, for them. You'll find them. Yeah, type it in the search box, Philippine Wrestling Revolution. They have this nifty logo. It's and, pretty you know, recognizable. Yeah, they're really good, doing good stuff for the Philippine wrestling scene because they're Trying to come up, if you don't know, they're trying to come up with their own um, uh, wrestling promotion. They're trying to restart the Philippine wrestling scene by, you know, coming up with the first wrestling promotion since Pinoy Wrestling back in the 90s. Back in the 80s and 90s, that's right. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, by the way, and you can also tweet us if there's anything and everything that you want to uh, you want to ask us, if you want to debate with us, or if you want to add the things we've discussed, or give us suggestions for things we want to talk about here on the podcast. Uh, you can tweet us and follow us at Stan947. And at Roazwar. And, by the way, if you would also like to see... My, if you would also like to read some of my articles, you can find them at geekout.ph. That's geekout.ph, one word. And you can also find um, the newest episode of the SGP podcast on Geekout. And as well as saying hi to our friends at popgoesmanila.com. Hi to our friends uh, to Pop Goes Manila and to Botched Leg Drop as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Botched Leg Drop. Thank you for almost, for reminding me. I almost forgot that. Uh, BotchedLegDrop.com. Uh, all new episodes of the SGP podcast also go up there. And uh, some wrestling discussion, um, blog posts, articles at Botched Leg Drop. That's B-O-T-C-H-E-D-L-E-G-D-R-O-P.com. And that about brings us to an end after we thank all of our generous, generous sponsors <laughs> yeah. and all of our friends in the industry. <laughs> we are s- Air quote sponsors. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blast, and we're gonna catch you again, uh, most probably next week or whenever this shit just happens again. Yeah, no, uh, no, 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 don't worry. We're, we're trying to do this regularly we as are much as to possible. Do this as much as possible. We love to do this for you. We love to do this for us and for you. It's a labor of love and a, a project of passion. So uh, with that, let us end the same way that we began. We got the, the whole world. world. It is.
his hands, he got the whole wide world. In his hands, he got the whole world in his hands.